Well, hello. You're listening to another episode of Drew Drogi's Minor Revelations. Here we go. Um, all right. I just want to talk for a bit before I bring out my wonderful guests about um, a couple things. I don't know. I'm just going to jump around, you guys. That's how we do it. That's how we go. Um, can we please retire the phrase gay card? Like, I'm going to take away your gay card. And I'm talking to gay people. If you're not gay, you don't probably don't even know this awful, stupid basic garbage phrase but it's just like if you don't like something that every that it's that's been deemed uh great by by the gay populace the the homo diaspora uh then you then people will say i'm going to take away your gay card and it's so weird it's like I, I we don't need to hand out cards we don't need to take them away we're all uh, you know beautiful magical complicated unicorns and we don't need to all like the same things that's kind of what's important about being queer, right? You're not like the the mainstream. So, you know, and I'm tired of defending why I don't like Barbara Streisand or Lucille Ball, and I and I will forever explain. And it doesn't mean that I think you're wrong for liking something like that. And there are plenty of very mainstream basic things that I also really like. So I'm not proud of it, but we're just, we're complicated people. And, but I want to talk about something that like comes up and it's just it refuses to die. And it's just something that it's. I, I know I'm going to come off like a hater. Oh, can we retire haters as well? I hate that phrase. I'm a hater of haters. The phrase haters. If you're opinionated, you're a living, intelligent creature, you know, with thoughts and feelings. It doesn't make you a hater. Like, it's such a dismissive term that like, oh, back off, haters, um, which is actually a great show. Uh, watch it. Um, our friend Steve Little's on it, who we'll talk about later on the show today. How about that? Anyway... Stop saying haters. Stop using gay card. They're just they're lazy expressions for maybe I have a different opinion than than you do. And no one's right or wrong. That's the lovely thing about opinions. So I don't mean to be a hater about this thing that I'm going to talk about. I'm just going to say I'm fascinated by how it it does not delight me. I'm confounded by this thing called Sex in the City. I've never understood it. I've watched, I just, I stare at it and just bored wonder at how people find it so great. I don't think, um, um, that, I mean, and, and I, and I know, and I, I, here's the thing. I didn't really watch it that much. Um, a crazy fact. I have not seen the first movie, but I have seen the second movie, which I know. And fans of Sex and the City are like, well, that's why you hate it, because the second movie is so terrible. No, it is a terrible movie. It makes zero sense. It's Liza Minnelli at the beginning singing single ladies at a wedding. Like the song that's celebrating being single, you would never sing at a wedding. And why is Liza at the wedding? And it's Vegas and everyone's on coke and nobody cares. And then they're in the, the desert and they're in Dubai and there are these terrible jokes like Lawrence of my labia and I'm like someone was paid to write Lawrence of my labia uh, and someone found that funny like that that stayed in the the script you know I get it it's terrible but the whole culture around it I've never met or seen women like this they are these they are these drag queens and I think it's a thing where they're these these idealized versions but they're they're awful I mean the one exception I guess is Miranda and Cynthia Nixon who is the only person I think is a real person that I have when I've watched it and um and yes I don't watch it that much I never did I didn't like it but 
Like you couldn't escape it from like the late 90s through now, through this week. And that's why I'm bringing it up because there's all this drama around the Sex and the City 3 movie that's not happening. You can't you can't not know about these women. And it's the weirdest thing that we have we have attached so much meaning to them. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker is this uh, this harpy. I mean, she's great in other things, but there's this there's this chirping, just clawing creature that she is. Who is this? Who is this person who's so fascinated by by all the things that she wonders out loud? And, you know, and then you have um, Kristen Davis, who just looks like just, you know, happy to be there. But she, uh, who is this like perfect, uh, really annoying? Like she was always like that girl you went to school with that you're like, remember her? No, not her, her. Oh, but her friend, that girl, her. Um, Yeah, she was there for five minutes at the party. Like, why do we want to follow that character around? And then you have Samantha, who is just this beast of, you know, addictions on all levels and who has got (laughs) serious problems. And, you know, and um, if um, my my friend, my friend Melinda Hill uh, used to do a bit on stage about how Samantha made everything sexual, like put innuendo where there was no innuendo. And it was just all about like, I'll have a hot dog with extra mustard on a plate. And it's, uh, which I love, because that's exactly what every line delivery was, was that. And, you know, um, so anyway, there, there's this drama right now that uh, there's not making the third movie because, you know, Kim Cattrall's like, I'm 61. My 60s are about living my life. I'm like, I completely understand that. Uh, also, we don't need it. We don't need this movie. It's getting it's getting sadder and weirder the more that we sort of try to make. And, I, and you know, and I'm not even making a statement, obviously, about, you know, that they're, we're all getting older and who cares? It's like it's just that they were never real. And I never understand it. And it just there's this weird obsession with like their like brunch in hats, hats, those hats that they wore. And like Sarah Jessica Parker would always wear crazy hats to the premieres of the movie. And which is which is really fucked up to me because it's like, are you playing a character or is this a documentary? Like, aren't aren't you saying these people are ridiculous in some way or are they supposed to be just fabulous? Like we watch them and go, I want that life. Really? To just put on a hat? hat and like walk to brunch and eat like a scoop of chilled tuna and call that your life? Okay. I don't get it. Another thing, I just don't get hats. Lou, can we just stop? I just see so many hats now and I'm just like, what is going on? Unless you're Aretha Franklin or Freddy Krueger, you don't need a hat. Okay? Like you don't look good in a hat. When people say, oh my, my head's too big, I don't look good in hats. Newsflash, no one does. No one looks good in them. They're ridiculous. Just... As a child, and I used to go to church and see these women in these giant hats, and it was just ridiculous to me that they would put that on and go, uh-huh, this is the look. It, it, they're, they're, they're not adorable. They're not functional. They're just, they're insane. They're like, look, there's, there's a party on my head. No one's invited. There's just this floating island of, of mess up there. Um, so, I don't know. Take away my gay card. You know, take away haters. And burn your hats!
Well, hi, guys. I'm sitting here with the lovely and wonderful Larry Dwarf and Margie McGee. How are you all? Great. Real good. Fantastic. Well, we all sound good. <laughs> yeah. We did a really nice sound check, mm-hmm. which is always part of the fun of this whole thing. Because sometimes, you know, it's we sound cold and distant, but you guys sound crisp <laughs> and present and here. So thanks for being here. Margie thought she had a lisp. I do. I still think uh, it's why I'm not talking right now. I'm like, don't <laughs> say anything. Um, we don't appreciate lisps on the Drew Drogi show. It's, it's just weird. we just don't appreciate them. So no, uh, it's like when, when I've never li- thought of you as, as having a lisp. I've never heard my voice one. like this before. <laughs> there it is again. Every time I say an S, it's like when you were no. little and you recorded outgoing. Mm. Oh, answering I remember that? That was, was always like, the <laughs> weird. That was always the craziest thing. That first hearing what your voice sounded like because you hear your voice in your own head. Why and is it then, like that? Why I don't is it know. So I don't know why we don't hear ourselves the way other people hear it. And then, like, I remember, like, we would always, like, as kids, like, record little things on on tapes, cassettes, <laughs> and play them back. And I was like, "Who is that? That's mm-hmm. not. That's not me." Also, I was such a bad singer as a kid. I was in choir. I think it was either church choir or a school choir thing. And I remember, I was so confident as a kid, but I bet I was terrible. And I remember hearing a recording of like how bad the singing voice was, and I heard how bad my voice was over an entire choir of people. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not meant to be a singer because it's just no, no fun." Yeah. You know what it's like um, when you look in a mirror. You 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 look the same direction all the time you just see the same view and right. then getting a picture taken yeah. like it freaks me out oh I have, right I have the right gi- most gigantic bald spot that i never see but see and that's weird because like i would never i don't think that about you but like it's weird what but we see in ourselves see. and we don't yeah. i know well, and it's just profile, like it looks like i have no crazy. bones i'm shaped like a spoon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my face is a slope <laughs> i have no it's eyes and just all nose. oh my god oh. oh my god i love it i love <laughs> There's... it's so it's so crazy Our, you know how much we can just tear ourselves apart well yeah your perception is <laughs> I know. so different i know i know luckily we're not vain at all no. oh no not no. at all we never want to talk about ourselves how <laughs> We look how we sound. I think we really got to the core of who we were in this moment, for sure. Also, fun for people at home listening, just to be like, "Oh, they're really, they're really talking to me right Mm -hmm. now." Um, I know, I know, but it's so funny. Like, it's it's weird. Like, like as a kid, you think you can kind of do anything and art and like invincible and like anything, and then you kind of are reminded when you see yourself or hear yourself in a new way, and it's like, oh. That's what it is. And then you judge it harder than anybody else because mm-hmm. nobody else looks at it like that. Nobody else is going, you know. Um, but I love on on your show, Larry, on Nobody's, like you guys love to make fun of each other's yeah. physicality and yeah. just and, and just about yeah. how, and like because it, it it's really funny because all three of you are attractive people, but you love to just like point out. Like you know, like like, didn't you have a thing about having no eyes or something? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, I think we like... try. We, there's a reason that we're all middle aged and and have never really been on TV much before. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's like let's use that, right? Yeah, you know, just be, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, and it's also it's it's great because we all have our our quirks and our things. We're like, I am a, a character actor. I am not, you know, I'm not I'm not a model and. And thank God. Aging know. is just the weirdest thing because I I'm so immature that I just assume that I'm still like a 19 year old. Yes, I'm 40. I'm currently don't tell anyone Hollywood. <laughs> okay. We'll cut this. <laughs> I'm out. a young, fresh voice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently working on a show that has a 23 year old on staff, and I 
literally could be her mother. We've had this conversation, much to my dismay. And I really realized, like, holy shit, young is different than this. It's crazy. I know. I'm I 20 was, years was doing Heathers and having to work with all these actors who are playing high schoolers. They were there. Most of them are older, but some of them aren't. And some of them are literally high schoolers. And. You know, and and they're very mature because they're they're like Hollywood kids, and mm-hmm. so like they know. And a lot of them are, you know, uh, and they're so talented. I'm like, there's no way I could have done that when I was that age. I couldn't. There's I couldn't. But I forget, you know, similar things as well. And you know, I'm just like I am more than twice your age, and the, you know, a lot of you. And it's just like it's become my bit in the room yes. that I'm like Nana, who's like, I worked at iPhone eight. Why do I need a new one? But it's true. Like I really don't understand technology anymore. I'll say things like, you know, the One Direction, or you know what I mean. The I'm, my fucking. I went from like. 19 to fucking 85. Yeah. and It's weird because I, I, I remember being the youngest person in the room a lot of times. And I was always like, oh, I, I was like, my, I have friends in their 30s and 40s. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, I hit 40. And I was like, all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm I'm the older man, you know. But it's... um. It's all good. That's it's great. great. It's Thank really God. Great to be here. It really, I mean, it really is. It's like I wouldn't, I mean, trade it for anything because it's, it's a thing, too, that I'm like, I would have ruined it all. Like, I mean, I see it with these kids. I'm like, good, like, more power to them and good luck. And I hope, but like, I just would not have appreciated it. I would have just. I would have blown up. Yeah, blown that's myself definitely up. true. Yeah. I think it's better later on. Get, yes. Get, uh. You know more. You you have more of a point of view, also. I absolutely, and you just and and you have a lot more to say. And I, I can't imagine like being that age and having to do interviews or anything where you have to like talk about. You're like, yeah. you don't know who you no. are, and you don't even have the awareness to say, I don't know who I am. Right. You know, even I mean, I'm always well, impressed. You're told by, who you are. These, exactly. Like, you have a publicist who's like, this is who you are for this movie. Uh huh. Uh huh. And um, yeah. I talk like I know. I don't know. I just oh, watch yeah, like Kelly watch. Ripa, and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I don't know if that's really who Leah and, Michelle is. Yeah, oh yeah. Is she well, young? I don't but know. But that's the I thing. Don't. They're just they're propped up and they're told, you know, how to be and who the who they are, and then they are, um, yeah. And then they uh, there's got to be a crisis point, especially for people who are really young. Fuck and they're them. Me, I mean, they're right? just right? Um, they're, they're awful. They're, they're garbage people. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and uh, I know a friend of mine and I were watching Cujo last night because mm. that's what you do when you're living when you're living a very ritzy life. <laughs> um, and we were like looking at Danny Pintaro, who then went on oh, to yeah. do uh-huh. who's the boss, you uh-huh. know, and um, who um, is um, lovely. I mean, he's sort of still around in the you know um, ether, but it, we were just watching it, going, "What was that like for him as this little kid?" But you know. In this movie, being like in a car, we were just like, it's crazy to be like, he does he really think that there's a dog that's going to try to kill him? Does he think that he's going to die? Like, it's just there's so much, you know, that they have to go through. And then he became a huge star at this age. And you're like, there's no way you know who you are at that point. That's nuts. Yeah, we um, yeah, we have a uh, there's a couple of kids on the show. Oh, right. Yeah. And then when they're around, it's weird. I find it very strange that they shouldn't. They shouldn't be allowed to do that. <laughs> I know, because, like, I know. It's like one I, of them had, w- was sick and like and like had to go to work that day, and it's just like, uh, why is that? And then I have two kids on the show, and then people are like, oh, why don't you use your real kids? So I have two kids in real life. It's just like I don't. Oh no, I don't no, want to work do that because no. I also don't have to worry about just telling them how great they are every five seconds. I know. And then just like shooting the shit between takes and then have to worry. But it also like, it's so rare that both parents and kids are 
interested in doing this right. with their lives and good, both good at it. It's like there, there. You can come up with countless examples where, you know, the parent is great and had the career and worked for it, and the kid is just like never wanted to do it and been forced into doing oh, it, yeah. or vice versa. I mean, for me as a kid, I was begging my parents to let me go and do like plays and stuff, and they were they wouldn't, and not until high school. And even then, I would get, I would have to like sit certain plays out because like you need to be with the family, you need to do some other things, and mm. I begged for it because it's what I want to do with my life. Yeah. But for kids, they don't know who they are, what they want, and it seems like sure that's fun, but for a lot of kids, it's miserable for them, and they they don't really get a childhood, and they don't really get told, you know, and like you talk to child stars, they're like, I never got a prom, I never got a blah blah blah, and well, these days it must be miserable because of social media and all uh-huh. that stuff, like the second you launch onto that whenever these kids are old enough to do that they're going to see a lot of feedback oh i know <laughs> and like how do you av- how do you avoid that i mean i know that they like to tell people a lot of people when they get their own shows i don't know if they told you guys or whatever but like you like don't what don't look at social media i mean like as adults in our you know 40s we can handle it and go okay who cares but you're a child i feel like that's and people are immediately judging you and saying you know and making just horrible comments about how you look and i feel how like you it's act. a new skill that like the next generation has to develop and yes. i don't i wouldn't know how to teach well, it because i didn't have to deal all with kids it. have to be like whether they're actors or not mm-hmm. like they have to all they have they are for lack of a better you know phrase they they have a brand like they all are on social media. They all are creating things that exist forever. Oh, and I, would have, I, I would. It would have been the worst thing because in high school, I, all I cared was, I want you to like me. I want everyone mm-hmm. to like me. Yes. And yes. oh, that would have been the worst and thing it, in the oh, world. No, miserable. Oh. I mean, oh. I still fall victim to it. I'm rarely on social media because I'm a grandma, as I mentioned. <laughs> but I fall victim to it if I ever do post something. Like suddenly, I'm like, how many likes did exactly. this one? Oh, I know. Yeah. And you oh, go back. Only, you're like, going back throughout the day. Your downtime is like checking in with your likes. You your can't answer. I'm win. Like, you can't who win. Who am I? Who is this person? Yeah. Why do I, I care? I don't care. I know. And somehow I rarely yeah. do. When I open the app, I'm like, hmm. And then uh-huh. you add like, you know, uh, adolescence to that. Ugh. And like, there's just no way. And then you also just post things that you, you know, you get really emotional and you say something and you don't mean and you don't, or you don't, or you think something's funny. My sense of humor. I mean, there was, I think about, there was a time that my brother and I got a, um, one of our, Annuals, like we, we are yearbooks, uh, and we went through the entire thing and re- just to make each other laugh and wrote horrible comments about almost everybody throughout the throughout the book and it was just our like just stupid sense of humor just and it was just going to be between me and my brother my mom found it and she was like this is disgusting I'm worried about you because you know we wrote things like you know I eat babies or whatever just somebody's <laughs> picture because it would just made us laugh and you think about that like if we had we done that uh, you know in front of all these and it's like you don't mean it. You don't realize how mean you are as a kid. You don't realize how, you know, how things really hurt or how things stay with you. I and mean, the things that I, you know, that we all have that like are told to us and that they just. And everyone's looking imprint. to, or at least I was looking to not be different. So if someone would to broadcast something that's like, you eat babies, you're different. Everybody look at that person. Don't yep. look at me. Don't look at me. Yes. Like yes. everyone's trying to find a way to like, you know, keep the beauty for themselves and pass the grossness off to other people. Yeah, I, I know. Think. I know. It's true. It's like, oh, it's it's 
it's a nightmare, and I'm glad that we don't have to live through it. You know, it's better. Uh, it's better. Sorry, we kids. Sorry, we've made it. Sorry, we've made <laughs> Good it. luck. We've made it, We're and everyone else loses. Medium careers. <laughs> Aspire to this. <laughs> well, we tr- we're happy that way. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad I don't have all the things other people have. Well, they're uh, coming. They're coming. <laughs> <laughs> but that is another thing that I love about your show, that's that it has that, it's just that painful uh, the reality of where you know actors are and where you know most actors are and, and creative people are they most you know actors uh, you know don't have Melissa McCarthy career you know it's like you you have you know and you're uh, you're working at it and you're always sort of in these in this weird space and this actor trying to prove ducked into too. a writer's room and never came out <laughs> but it's that's too- awesome though that you that you love that. You seem to love I it. Do you're love always it. on a show and you love it. And but I, I respect how courageous every single actor who like puts their face on a camera, especially these days. I respect you know, yeah. It's, it's um, I don't know. I mean, it's like I think it's just, it's really good to follow your not only like green lights and like how things are happening, but just your own bliss and your own joy. And if you're like, I don't like Doing things, you know, and and there's certain things that I've been like, I don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, you know, um, whatever. And I think that's that's really smart, and that is also part of just like being mature and being happy. Because I do see some people just banging their heads into the ground because they think they have an idea of what they should be doing with their lives, and they're just it's like, you know, try something. It doesn't mean you're giving up. It doesn't right. mean that the world is going to look down on you and go, oh boy, you really. I had different hopes for you. Mm-hmm. It's like all your own bullshit. That you're but putting that, on doesn't and, that just come with time? Because I felt like people were telling me that in my 20s. I remember my aunt right. saying things like that. And I was like, not for me. I have to make it now. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just, you know. But, you know, who knows? You have to it's get like, tired out We also life. have, like, you, you don't realize in your 20s how much life you have ahead of you. Right. And then in your 40s, how little life you uh-huh. have <laughs> And you're like, oh, I need to be happy. I need to enjoy my mm-hmm. life. I need to not be competitive because that doesn't get me anywhere. I need to not, Who's like, doing better so far, me or Margie? Oh. <laughs> You're definitely doing better, for sure. Uh, there's a point, oh, the yeah. point system that I that I'm making little chalk lines for everyone. No, but you're right. Not competitive. It's not competitive. not competitive. It's like, it's what's not. that exercise class where they like put your fucking who's in first place? And I obviously don't go. No, what Orange Theory? Oh, my wife does Orange Theory. My what wife. is and that? They, I've gone by those those uh, gyms before because they're I, a chain. They put on the on like a screen like ranking how you're doing in the room, and mm. I that I would. Pass away or leave. Oh my I god! Can't like like sixties dance competitions. Like yeah, who's in the lead? But some people Amber really do. Some people thrive on that. Mm. And yeah, I, they really do. The, that. That's not one of them. Well, I think too. Like you know, anything um, athletic or like business related, where there's like a number involved and there's like a score at the end. That I understand how people get that way because they're like there's like a winner and a loser, and I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta beat my own score, or I'm competitive with this person because they're really good. And that's the hardest thing about what we do because there is no score. There is no winner. And it's like you will always look ahead of you. You will always be like, well, I'm not doing as well as so-and-so. Um, or am I doing better than somebody? And it just doesn't well, equal everyone, anything. Everyone right. scoring you is working from a different criteria. It's subjective. Right. It's art. Like, so right. everyone you go in front of is going to be like, here's your score from me. Right. But it's hard not to be like, that's my score. I'm amazing. Yeah, I'm garbage. And it's hard to just like, even just to have that conversation with yourself. Because it's just like, just letting it all go is the nicest thing in the world. And being like, it's so not, it just doesn't matter. And then to, you know, other people, it's like, 
who cares, number one, but also, like, are you happy and are you doing what you love? Great. Like, what else could you really want mm-hmm. more than that? I mean, come on. Um, can you talk about the show that you're writing on, Marky? Yes. Oh, great. It's called L.A. to Vegas. It'll start airing on Fox on January 2nd. And, uh, yeah, it's about the flight that goes from Burbank to Vegas on Friday <laughs> night and that. comes back on Sunday. And the crew and the regular people who are on that flight. A stripper, a gambler. You know, I love that, and it's the, the same people. Same. We have a core cast of like six, I think, and then mm-hmm. we have you know bachelor parties or various other people yeah. filling out oh, our flights, right. and uh, right. yeah, it's really been fun. I have to say, I've been on a lot of, I've had some interesting experiences <laughs> yes, <laughs> in yes. the TV writing world, and this one is like the staff is great, the cast is great. I mean, knock on wood. Obviously, you know, I'll go back tomorrow, and the whole place will burn down, but. <laughs> Today, I'm real happy. And was the Cleveland show your first writing job? There was one job before that, and then the Cleveland show was our second job. I have uh, had a writing partner for years, and that we worked together on that. And then you've just been going ever since. Oh, just I feel like every time I talk, <laughs> I moved to New York. I worked in Canada. Oh, oh wow! Someone I mean, change their gender on a show. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know, just, just plugging it's just along. Always, always moving. Always checking. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I love that. I love that you've you've just jumped from one to another. Cause I've met amazing people. Like I yeah. will say that some of the experiences have been like bizarre. But mm-hmm. off of every job, I've come away with like incredible friends and you know lots more to laugh at. Well, I this was the first year I ever when I I was in the writers' room for on the cartoon Big Mouth, which I just for season two I didn't work. If you've listened, watched season one, it's amazing, and I can't take credit for any of it. And I and for very little in season two. Because I just came in a couple days a week, but it was my first time ever doing that, and I have such respect for writers now that I never did because <laughs> I'm always that that asshole improviser that comes in on a show and like, okay, the words are kind of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna massage them and work on them, and you're like, every word is poured over, and they take every line and they go again and again and again, and when they, then the actors show up after like months of working on these scripts, and and I was like, right, they've really thought about every word that they've put into these lines. It's not just like they've just kind of they're just going to kind of say this. But it's what you're taught to do. Like and I took classes at uh, an acting studio I won't name just because I just got weirdly self-conscious but they would say cross out all the stage direction and punctuation and just uh-huh. like make it your own. Mm. Get the gist of the scene and then and I right. suppose when it's the right combination of like writers and actors like that's an amazing symbiotic thing that happens right. but yeah, it is a weird thing to work really hard on a script and then see people yeah, audition see people kinda just go, like whatever, make it their own. blah blah blah. I mean, I just not really, I'm not really going to care too much about you know choices, especially of in comedy because it's like rhythmic oftentimes. Yes, at least network comedy. And so. like you have you use this word, and so you're not going to say the word again throughout later in the line or like later in the scene even. And you know that, that was the thing too, going through the scene and be like, okay. We've, you know, we've already said this in this way and, you know, and it does make a difference. And, you know, I also realized that, man, I loved that gig and I would love to do something like that again or I would love to go back to that show again in that capacity. But I did not. I'm glad I'm not sitting in a room mm. all, every day for the amount of time because I wasn't. Just watching your body fall apart and no. <laughs> your skin get pasty. No, I had a weird. lot of. I, I, I was like, wow, I, there are people are really good at this job. And I got better as, as it went on. But I had a lot of like, I was like, whoa, this is it's 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 hard. It's a it's a, it's hard work. And um, so that was the thing that I was like, this is. This is um, this is a lot, but 
Oh, great. It's fun. It's, it's real fun. fun. It's, real, it's fun. real fun. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you guys have uh, um, in life, coming up in life? What's going on? This fall. What's the fall? Ooh. Well, I'm all I can. You say that, and all I can think about is college football, which I'm obsessed with. Right now, who's your team? Uh, Michigan. I went to University of Michigan. Yes. So Michigan. This is our first year with yes. all of Harbaugh's recruits. Blah blah blah. We've won all four games. I like Harbaugh. Sloppy. I'm a Harbaugh guy. God bless. Yeah. Jim or John? Because everyone likes John. Uh, Jim. Jim. Yeah. Yeah. So like the Belushi's. <laughs> There's a Jim and a John. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jim is. Yeah, he's crazy. He's, now, are no. they brothers or they're yeah, they're brothers. They are okay. brothers. Okay, and they're both on the team. No, different teams. Oh, okay. John coaches, coaches uh, in the NFL, and Jim is currently coaching at his alma mater, Michigan. Okay, is that how you say that? That suddenly didn't sound what like Michigan it. alma it's mater. Michi- Michigan. 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 <laughs> Touche. Um, but yeah, he's he's. I love him in the course of a football season because he he wears his stress in weight. So at the beginning of the season, often he's like real trim and. His like uh-huh. khakis are slim fit and tight, uh-huh. and as the season goes on, he balloons up into like Oogie Boogie Man from um, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. He just gets like a round potato shape, and then if it's a stressful right before the Ohio State game, he gets like weirdly anxiety skinny mm. wow. again. He's just a woman, and I wow. fucking love it. I are love you from it. there? <laughs> I'm not from there. No, my mom and dad went to law school at University of Michigan, mm. so they we had you know an interest in that school growing up. But mm-hmm. 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 that's. Do you That's have a team? Phone. Do you have a team? I'm a Fairweather fan. Okay. I don't I don't um I don't really have allegiance to a team because the players uh if I don't like the players it's hard to root for the team. Right. Right, right, right. So I used I was a I was a 49ers fan. That's mm. why I like Jim Harbaugh. He was the coach of the 49ers. Uh now I don't like the uh some of the players. I don't mm-hmm. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. And I was a, a New York Giants fan mm-hmm. and uh, I don't like I don't like them. Right. Why right. do I have to root for them forever? And you don't. Nobody I don't. That's the other. That's the fun thing You're too. You can I don't just, get it. Why are you guys ganging up on me? Look. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. You slipped in competition. Margie is now winning the conversation. Um, um, winning the conversation. That is going to oh, be the title of my memoirs. Ooh. Oh my god. I feel like there are people that are like that. They have to win the conversation. Yeah. I can be that way sometimes, and I hate that about myself. I found that on this show that I sometimes have to one-up people's stories and, and I have to go, well, I'm that way and I and I hate that and I'm just I'm like, why can't I just let somebody's story be that? You're and just go, relating. You're not I'm trying to. I think that's I, I, that's what I'm, that's my conscious impulse. Is that the way I'm saying Is I'm saying that right? Alma but mater. I do hear myself telling me, <laughs> but I hear myself saying that sometimes and I'm like, why did my story have to win? Like, why did my story have to be, you know, more extreme, you know, crazier, like, you know, whatever. And um, I don't love that. And, I, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I don't love that people are just like they have to dominate or they have to get the last word. Mm-hmm. I think the, mo- the most competitive uh, maybe person I've ever met, uh, you, we all know this person because uh-huh. we were all in Groundlings. Uh-huh. And, um, so this one person... Uh, <laughs> his name rhymes with Steve Little. Oh, okay. And, Not um, familiar. But okay, great. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in the Sunday company, Steve, uh, this person whose name rhymes with Steve Little, mm-hmm. he uh, would keep the most detailed notes and like tally sheets of like, you put up a scene and like, how many p- scenes did you put up? How many uh, made it into the show? Wow. And would, sa- would save them. Uh, for years, I bet he Whoa. still has them. Wow, making me sweat. It was, yes. it was insane. It is it. so crazy because, and I and I have talked about um, Sunday Company a lot on, in, on here, and so people that 
you know, listening to this, it's like it was this insanely rigorous boot camp comedy school thing where you write so much material and then you get very little of it in the show. And I remember being so wrapped up in I didn't keep running tallies like that, but I remember being like, how many writing credits do I have this week compared to the other people? And, you know, and it was just it was so important on how much you got in the show. And then the second I was out of it and I went and watched a show. Everything everybody was telling me the whole time through mm-hmm. was true. It was like, you don't care how many writing credits somebody right. has or how many scenes they're in. If it's somebody you really like and they're only in one thing, you're like, I want more of them. And it, make, it makes you like them more. And it's not like, you know, but I used to think like it's going to, the math of it really matters. As if, yeah, as if you can you know? like quantify and comedy. I remember Ben Falcone saying explicitly, yes. he's like, I know you're all going to do it anyway, but I'm going <laughs> no. to say this. Do not count your writing credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, okay, one, two, okay, three. sure. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, sure. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Ben was our both my Margie's first director in Sunday Company, mm-hmm. and he was so great about that. The whole thing was just like, just it would always be like, you got to rip it, you got to, mm-hmm. you got to suck a couple times. It's fine, let it go. And we would just be like, no, I can't, I can't fail. And then, yeah, of course, you, you do. Yeah. Um, and that's <laughs> and just, now he's out of the business. He's uh, Wait, no longer there. He quit. He's no, he quit. Well, I liked him. Hi, really a teacher good, for, now? good luck for School him. Teacher. He's probably a merchant of some sort of project. <laughs> product somewhere bless his heart uh if you're listening he ben tried. i hope he has a radio where he is um <laughs> um well that's that's fun i uh believe it or not do not watch sports but i love going live like i like going to games and i can get into them but there's something there's something that happens to me when i watch them on tv that is like when some people talk about like movies or they just can't connect mm-hmm. uh, or how some people are with like award shows like I go crazy watching the Oscars and I totally get when people watch it and like this is the most boring thing I've ever seen and I watch it and scream at it like it's the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's you know um, but I haven't been I'm trying to think of the last time I've been to a, a, a game I mean I'm calling them sporting a events. sports game a sports game <laughs> uh, but uh, you know there's something weird about watching it on TV too because the crowd noise just becomes like this weird ambient white mm-hmm. noise that I don't know it can sometimes and lull there's so me. much downtime too yes. I think like I can watch like when I've watched like basketball on TV it's it's more interesting than like watching football or baseball because I'm just like there's so much time where they're just kind of hanging out and they're commenting and they're replaying and they're talking about this and that and I think if you are a nerd about that stuff which most people are and they get really into that I think that's all really fascinating information but I'm just like move the ball over there move you know uh, who's got more points? Go, go, you know. And I mean, I fell in love with sports mostly because of the drama of it. Like, during those breaks, often they'll do, like, player profiles or uh-huh. information about It's why I love, you know, Jim and John Harbaugh. Like, yeah. they're the weirdest brothers who are so different. Anyways, there's so many, like, personal stories, and I get invested in every single one, and then I suddenly wind up caring about football. Sure, and I get that. And coming coming from North Carolina, like it was such a it was such a football and basketball state, especially, and the the college basketball was just insane. And I went to Wake Forest, which was a big basketball school. And uh, did you play? You walk? Oh on? yeah, sure. Tim Duncan and Muggsy Bogues and I all played. Uh, Is there a Muggsy Bogues? Yeah, Muggsy Bogues went to Wake, and so did Tim Duncan. Um, and he was Tim Duncan was there. He was two years ahead of me, I think. And he was a star then. Like, it was crazy how he was allowed to come to classes 10 minutes later because he would get mobbed on his way to class. I mean, it was like he was already, they were like, this guy is, you know. 
um, and just the nicest guy and very soft spoken and just like every, you know um, and he just retired I believe yeah. it'll make you feel old when you're like mm-hmm. oh wow that, you know, re- retired great um, but he's he's done it he's done it I was it. in he Tom Brady's it. class at Michigan and you now were? they're like he's the oldest man in football <laughs> he's so brittle and frail on the field it's amazing he can stand for an hour like <laughs> I, I, I mean, if I know who somebody is in sports, like, they're a huge deal. I mean, that's, that's crazy that Tom Brady was, was yeah. there. He was sort of, I mean, he was a nobody at yeah. Michigan. Uh-huh. He was, like, uh-huh. sort of the doughy backup for a while, and then he had, like, a breakout year. But nobody thought much of him. Yeah. Turns out he did all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my father and stepfather both went to Clemson, and so that's a big football. So they, they're really, Huge. every time my mom is always, like, they're watching the game constantly because we've always been... Clemson Tigers fans, but I just I have no idea. You know, I can't believe I've gotten you to talk about sports. I know this long. is the most I've ever talked about sports on the show, but it's good because I, you know, I'm you know I'm tired of talking about the same old things. Um, but I want to talk to you, both of you. I want to hear from mm. both of you. Um, who wants to tell a story or an opinion? It doesn't have to be anything. <laughs> I'll, I'll start because right. I was um, I was thinking driving over here. I'm like Drew. I've known you for. A long forever. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, are we allowed to... Cuss? To what, curse? Oh, yeah. Please don't. Please, oh, my God. Please, of course. Um, <laughs> I was You're going to get a fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a curse jar. Yes. <laughs> um, you've known me. We've known each other forever, and I uh-huh. feel like you know everything about me and, like, what could be a revelation. But then I thought... There's something that, like, I really think probably two or three people in my life know about... Wow. I'm getting so nervous. And <laughs> it's not it. that big a deal. I, I, I haven't it. ever talked about it in therapy. And probably more people know about it than I acknowledge. It's like being an addict when you're like, right. nobody knows that I'm and like drinking like... pills for breakfast. <laughs> um, so I have, <laughs> I'm 40 and I still have a blankie. And you do? It's not just that I have it. This is the part I never admit. I sleep with it. Nightly, it's travel. Is it the same one? Same one. Same one you've had since you were a kid. Yeah, I got it when I was one from my grandmama, Uh and I say that because I want the to seem like it's a sentimental thing and it's a family thing. So of course she wants to stay close to the spirit of her grandmama. Sure. Um, it's not that. It's literally a security Mm -hmm. blanket. Mm -hmm. It used to be like white and have the satin trim. It's Mm -hmm. now just this. Stinky, disgusting, threadbare, gray ball of shit. <laughs> it had a. It has a little, a little drawing on it, a little uh-huh. embroidery on it that I've had tattooed on my body. Oh, wow! Like I. And I and I hide it like I travel with a couple of girlfriends from uh-huh, the Groundlings uh-huh. for years. We try to go somewhere just for a few days together, and like we'll all go to bed, like either sharing a room or all in one room, whatever. And then I'll like sneak it out of my bag and stuff it quietly under my head, and then in the morning like get rid of it and hope nobody sees it. I'm sure they've all seen it. Oh and they're my like, god! Why is she sleeping on garbage? Yeah. <laughs> now, do you get scared to put it in the washing machine because it's going to fall apart? It's already fallen apart. It's uh-huh. disgusting. Like I don't, and I I just recently went away for a couple of days to to get some writing done. Good. What a cliche! But uh, for a minute, when I came home, I didn't see him. It's it's male blanky. Does he have a name? Blanky. Blanky. Okay, uh-huh. great. Sure. I didn't see blanky in my bag, and I was like, oh god! And I really had like a childish panic. 
And I was sure. like, I had told myself, I'm like, you can sleep without it. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, but you probably can't. I don't. I, 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 don't, you, I you can probably relate. Can't. I can relate. I can, There's something psychological I, that you would probably have a really hard time. Yeah, I can. I, I either. This is so. I I should talk about this in therapy. Fuck. Um, <laughs> if I if I'm dating someone or in a relationship, I can fall asleep with a you know a human or like some kind of contact. But if not, if I'm just like getting in a cold bed by myself, like little little blankie under the chin. And what happens if it's just you and you don't have the blankie? It's never happened. Never happened. Never. Wow. Not a day. It wow. travels with me fucking everywhere. Yeah. And it's magic. Or at least they told me that when I was little. I still yeah. believe it. So right. any part of your body that's ailing, if you have a sore throat, you wrap it around your throat. If your back mm. hurts, you put it on your lower back. I'm crazy. I present like a functional grown-up, but like this is the thing. I, it's right now. It's tucked away in a drawer. I, I, it's never out when I leave the mm-hmm. house. But if, when people are like, "What would you get if your house was on fire?" Mm-hmm. I oh, know. I'll yeah. never tell anyone. I'll never yeah, be like yeah, my blankie. Yeah. But that's <laughs> that's before pictures. That's before my yeah. phone. <laughs> yeah, but it's also there is something really like relatable I think for all of us in that like I mean I have a friend my friend Nina Millen I don't know if either one of you know she's awesome and she's sort of introduced me for a while and I just I need to keep up with it I'm really bad about things especially learning new habits and doing things but she's really into crystals and that's her thing where she's like she carries crystals around with her all the time and we went just to a store and she was like just pick up whatever attracts you and then it's like you grab something and you hold on to it and you're like I put all this energy into this like my focus my strength you know and I think there it's the same thing it's like you you have this this um, it is a I mean there's a reason why the term you know safety blanket exists and security I mean, blanket it's like that's a thing I've thought about it at this point and I legitimately think I would go through like a grieving process yeah yes yes <laughs> and I think maybe it's just been like the one consistent thing through like a kind of like chaotic childhood weird screwy adulthood and uh, I don't know it's fucking weird. I sucked my thumb until I was in fifth grade. Really? Yeah. So I could totally wow. relate. All right. It was. Uh, it was like a. Uh, you're old. You're too old. You're starting to. You're sleeping over at friends' houses at mm-hmm. that point. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and it was always my left thumb, and it was like I'll Is that never. Your hand? No, I'm right handed. Oh. And it's like I'll never break this habit. This is the hardest thing to break. Uh, there, oh, it was. It was. Ter- there was no way I was going to stop sucking my thumb. My mom sucked her thumb. Through college. Wow. And then I was, I got tackled at school. And uh, this is how I I learned to tell my right hand from my left hand. I have a scar on my thumb and my hand. And it was a glass got, it cut open my hand. Oh, wow. And like, it was a terrible cut. It was like the muscle came through. It was the worst thing. Yeah. And they had to wrap up my hand. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because oh, I, yeah, I quit. Couldn't. I quit mm-hmm. sucking my thumb. You couldn't do it. But and it now is... I know my left hand is the one with the scar. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just a habit. Like, and I, I remember, like, we used to joke about it when I was a kid. Like, what if Margie's sixteen and still has that fucking thing? Uh-huh. Sixteen comes. What if Margie goes to college? And I remember going to college. I can't remember if it was my mom or my sister telling me, like, don't let anyone see it because if they want to pull a prank on you, they'll destroy this thing. <laughs> that oh means. wow! So that's when I started hiding it. Oh like, yeah. Like it literally is like an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. 
but no. it's but it's also it's also something that like you you need and like it's like what is the I think also when you're like the older you get like the less it's like well this is yeah. just who this I am is, yeah this now is what it's I need like to I do. Think, now it's it's uh, I mean it would be a shame if you if you I mean broke it's like I I have to have coffee every day like I'm a mess but that's if I don't like have an coffee. adult thing this yeah, is but, like. But you know, Crystals I think are like that's what adults do. That's yeah, why I like sure, self-actualize. <laughs> this is like you have a blank. But that you was have the thing I was saying about it, what Nina's thing about crystals is she's way into it. But she's also like you don't have to be like mm. you can get you can have it and it can mean whatever it is to you. It's not like you have to really know and like oh you picked an obsidian that means you're <laughs> this kind of a person or whatever. It doesn't. It's like you can just. You know, there are different crystals that have different properties and they mean different things to people that really get into that whole thing. But it also can just be the, you know, um, you know, just just we all hold our phones all the time. We mm-hmm. we do these like weird, nervous, you know, ticky things that we do just to just to hold on to some sense of it's so you weird. Know, like security. I, I don't have a ton of vices. Like I'm not a big drinker, or smoker, or drug user or anything, really. Mm-hmm. But this is a source of shame the way something like scoring crystal in, you know, a dark alley mm-hmm. would be. I'd rather tell you that I do crystal meth and you never know that about me <laughs> than well, tell I'm you that I have a that it's blanket. Just a blanket. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it isn't that weird how like we but it's also the the child and you that's the, that's the fear it's coming from you as a kid because yeah. like no one isn't it you know especially now is gonna be like she sleeps with the security like it's it's like a say it, that's well I'm not gonna go on social media after this post well absolutely I don't want to hear not want to hear from people what they have to say <laughs> um, but I think that's I think mean, that's great my brother had a blanket forever and then passed it on to his kids and I think they still have it like he gave, he passed his on. To the to um, either his son or his daughter, I'm not sure. And at last I knew it was like in a Ziploc bag somewhere, mm-hmm. but they but they still hold it's on to the it and they, and they love it. It's in the family, mm-hmm. and um, they 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 needed that sort of thing. I had a um, a uh, pillowcase mm. that I had from when I was a kid, and it was a, a Sesame Street pillowcase. <laughs> And uh, so my pl- I, I slept on it for you know years past when I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. So I said I'm going to keep this because uh, it would be so cool when I have kids one day. There they'll sleep on this uh, Sesame Street <laughs> pillowcase. And I waited, and they're sort of into Sesame Street, and I'm like, all right, now's, now's the time. time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I have two kids; both of them hate. That fucking <laughs> yeah, that's so I a, saved it. I know. You're like, all right, I'll be for nephews, my grandchildren. Maybe they will like yeah. it. Maybe they'll appreciate yeah. it. You should will Somebody's it to them anyway, yeah. so yeah. they'll have to deal with it at some point. I, when I was a kid, I was a big collector. I collected chapsticks, <laughs> and I had every, I mean, that's really weird. What is that about? And I didn't even, I mean, I used it, but it was more about all the different colors, and I had a giant rubber band around all these different kinds of chapstick, and I would see a new kind, and I would have to have it. And I had to have every Star Wars character, every He-Man figure. I'd have, I mean, all the figurines, I'd have all of that. Like, if there was one I didn't have... And then when I was when I was in high school and I got into music, if I got into an artist, I had to have every album. 
And that's fine if it's like somebody like, you know, like the B-52s I was really into. And they had like six or seven albums by the time I was in high school. I was also into the Grateful Dead and they had like 30. And every time you go that there's some weird new concert remastered. Even if I had all the songs on some other CD, I had to have all of them. I was like, there was this thing about like, I need the entire thing. That's the only thing I've ever, I was huge into the Grateful Dead. You were? And I, I it's so many tapes. Oh, so many tapes. So many tapes. <laughs> and it's one of those things that like, there, yeah, people don't really know until you like you get into a band like that. Yeah, and like they, it is so deep, and they were they were, you know, fifty years they've been making mm-hmm. making uh, music. Are you still into the Grateful Dead? Uh, I still am. Yeah, I uh, I, uh, I uh, listen to them a lot on uh, Sirius XM Radio, oh, sure. which is a competitor of yours. I think it is. Mm. I think it is. Mm, oh, you just went <laughs> way down. Larry's <laughs> Margie, you're bad. doing very well. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and did you see them in concert? I did. did? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did too. I get to see Jerry. Like the, it was a year before Jerry died when I saw. Yeah, them my last show was uh, the uh, they played. They opened up their last tour in Vegas, and I went to oh, okay. uh, all three of those shows. Uh huh. Real basic question from a girl raised in Pasadena who currently has a blankie. Do <laughs> when anyone says Grateful Dead, all I think about is like acid trips. Do you? Is that p- part of the live concert experience when you go to a Grateful Dead concert? Like, I've you go, never. No, um, no I, I I would I would smoke pot. Sure. You know, um, but I wouldn't. Uh, I just thought they were. I would next feel level. like it would be a terrible thing. I think it would be like a terrible. I would, thing I would feel like too. I was trapped mm-hmm. there. Yes. I've only done acid once in my life, and I had it a great time. But I never really need to do it again. And and there are definitely people doing everything. Yeah. Because of the concert, I remember there were these, you know, in the in the uh, I saw them in Charlotte, and there those you know those little voms where the lights are, you know, in between, and there were just people spinning. Mm-hmm. They were just constantly spinning for the entire, and their concerts were long. I mean, they did like three and a half, four hour long concerts. If what I a remember. workout! So they and they just would do these drum solos that would just go on and on and on and on and um, uh, yeah because it was just the experience of the concert and they also were a band who they were you know I guess this part of being a jam band that they would just kind of riff or they would try something new or they would you know they only had one song Touch of Grey is their only like top 40 hit that they ever had so every song that they've done um you know, you want to hear a couple of their hits, but also they would just cover things or they would try out new stuff. And that was part of it. wasn't like you're, you know, going to like Bruce Springsteen and seeing right. like all the hits. Yeah. And you're like, you know, yeah, all this, and like those people, like when they do a, a tour, it's usually the same set list every mm-hmm. night. Yes. But like the dead or fish or something like that is like, it's Damn totally man. different. Whatever they're yeah. feeling that night and whatever. And, you know, and they'll just kind of do, um, and there are people that travel with the band, the, yeah. the groupies that will go to, to as many concerts as they can. And, uh, we'll, we'll do that. But, you know, I don't know why I, I just look back at like, like the collection thing. I, I got to a point in my life that I was like, this is I'm in this weird race with nobody else. Like, why do I have to have all of these things that I just don't? And it's, you know, I can be that way now a little bit about movies. Like, I feel like I have to go see every movie that comes out. Um, and it's again, it's a thing where I'm like, I'll talk. I go see the most obscure movies. Like, I have to go see every movie that's nominated for an Indie Spirit Award because I'm like, I vote on that. And I'm like, I want to see all of them, and, and so that I'm well informed. But I'll see these things, and I'm like, nobody. Else, I don't have anybody to talk about this movie with because <laughs> nobody else even wants to look at this movie, you know. Um, and I love, I, I, you know, I love doing it. But I, you know, there's sometimes that it's just like I don't know what that is in us to. 
I don't I don't know what we're racing against. Well, and this is like about like maybe this is what middle age has brought about is like I'm just I'm done with secrets I'm done so yes. I'm just like unzipping and exposing everything and doesn't it feel great it just does be like- mostly when it's like a safe space with friends but like in this on the show I'm working on there's a child that has a a uh toy it's attached to and it gets lost and we were pitching on the story and I told this room that I have a blanket didn't tell him that I sleep with it Uh because that's just next level (laughs) and the air that sucked out of the room like it literally was it was and it was silent and it felt like forever because nobody has it's like you not being able to talk to anyone about a movie nobody in the room be like oh yeah me too they were like or I don't know maybe in that situation people are just afraid of their own they're just like I don't want to be that vulnerable or I don't want to you know reveal my own blanket (laughs) that's one thing and as I get older the uh, I don't like uh, hanging around people that are not vulnerable. Don't totally. let them say Absolutely. Vulnerable. And I think, too, like, the more you talk about it, the more you go, oh, I feel that way. I connect. I, yeah. Because it's like, oh, we're all, you know, a lot more similar in ways. And it's like, I, I know. And I and I feel like, too, like, creative people that are that, that can't be vulnerable are not very good. They're, I mean, and they might be, but they have mm. to let themselves go there. They have to know that they're yeah. a mess and a nerd and I've sloppy. I've been and, reactive to people, like, not caring. Like, that seems like a cool thing these uh-huh. days. Like, everyone talks with vocal frying because uh-huh. it indicates yeah. you don't care. So there's right. like, you're never vulnerable. You right. don't pitch a joke with any energy so that it, it can sit in a right. fucking dead space and you have to deal with, like, that's still who I am and I can collect myself even though not everybody, you know, whatever. There's yeah. just a lot of neutralness that, and well, I'm and all big feelings. And when so you like, realize that that's insecurity, that's fear. Sure. And that's, they're coming and I up think like, I, oh, I don't really care, it. but I'm like, you are terrified mm-hmm. of, of, you know, being who you are, and you're never really going to get to that next level until you until you go there. Like you part of me, to. it's so protected, and like, I, and they're still really smart and funny, but they don't have to be like, whatever. Anyways, mm-hmm. I envy it. And also sometimes. from the groundlings, like the way we're just we're just trained is mm-hmm. just to be raw and emotional and yeah. open. And I think a lot of other places and people that are people great, but they just can be encouraged to just work from their head and mm-hmm. just be like, be clever and be witty. And, uh, and we're also and trained to like just to notice uh, minutia. <laughs> yes, and um, I think that uh, people might not feel like they can be vulnerable just because they don't have the awareness mm-hmm. of stopping and just focusing on this little. True. Oh, I mean, I drive my friends crazy when we're out to eat, and I'll be like, "What is?" And I'll be like, "I'll be just so rude, just laughing at somebody in public," and I'm like, well, I mean, "You know," because I'm more fascinated by it. Yeah. And it's never like a big scene that would that anybody else would pick up and go, "Oh my god!" But I would just be like, "What is happening?" Right? That what is going on? And mm-hmm. all the friends are like, "Drew, back here, back here, look over here." No, no. And I'm like, "I'm sorry. It's just so." fascinating to me but I love it I mean it's yeah. like mm-hmm. it's so entertaining to me it's not you know and we were also taught to like write from what we react to like Patrick mm-hmm. Bristow would always say like what's making you angry what's making you laugh like that's where you write from that's yes. like the next thing to right. work on yeah. so I you know maybe the groundlings trained me to have all yeah. big feelings it definitely <laughs> encourages you to bring those out and let those just like fly mm-hmm. for sure Larry Dorf yeah, I had something why? happen I, I proved <laughs> I proved the existence of karma today. What? <gasps> wow. Is that a big thing? That's, yeah. That seems pretty I huge. I was, dri- it was driving here. Mm-hmm. I was driving here. Okay, so I put in ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and I was running a little bit late, and while I was driving, it said I was going to be between two and five minutes late. 
Mm. And I didn't know if this was a live broadcast. Am I oh, going right. to, is this going to just, it, it, yeah. it's, it's going to be a disaster <laughs> if I'm late. I can't be late. Two to right. five minutes late. Sure. Kept fluctuating. Then I get off. It tells me to get off at Pass Avenue. Okay. Get off at Pass Avenue. There's a homeless man at Pass Avenue. No teeth. And I'm looking at him. And I think, all right, here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to give him. Every $1 bill I have in my wallet. Make it rain. (laughs) I didn't know what I had. You're also a stripper, so that's $1. I had three $1 bills in Uh my wallet. I gave him all three. He took them. He could have been a little, a little more thankful. Oh, <laughs> but I know, that's a no, separate I know. thing. I wanted a little bit more. I did want more. I know. But that'll come back to bite him. Karma yeah, uh-huh, exactly. That's what it was. In that instance, I, 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 I is that the right expression? In that instance, mm-hmm. I don't think it's right. Oh, my uh, in, instant. In that instant, right? I looked back at my ways. <gasps> now, it was suddenly. Oh. I was going to be four minutes early. <gasps> I was going to say, I, I was like maybe two minutes late and you guys were both waiting on me today. So you got here early. Because of that. Because you, it yeah. was It was crazy. I looked, I was looking at ways I was stressed. A lot of people on Pass Avenue to get off. And then immediately it went, I, I don't know how that happened. Because, wow. Because, yeah, you got that was, that's, and that's it got karma. Rewarded. That's and beautiful. I think uh, that's really, that's awesome. And I think you, uh, we also just think we're always too busy to help somebody out or whatever i i don't know why i don't i i used to have such a weird thing i don't know and it's like i i definitely should you know give more money you know it's like and just things like that because it's like yeah and also for a lot of people it's like i think like just the human connection is you know they they don't have that they're lost in that way like and they they don't know how to be grateful or thankful because they just don't the people don't don't acknowledge that they exist Mm -hmm. and that's why like so that's why he wasn't as thankful as I wanted him to be. Yes, yes, he didn't have his manners. But but a lot of homeless people just wander out into traffic. They don't obey traffic laws because they just they're not socialized. They're just beyond. Yeah, and and they don't care. They're just like hit me, kill me. I don't care, you know, and. but I think there's got, I mean, as 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 much as like money is nice, I think just connecting mm-hmm. in some way and acknowledging them is. Well, I didn't want really to, I, I handed it to him and I didn't want him to touch my hand. I just wanted to. Oh, like, that's <laughs> really good. Yeah. Just throw it. Yeah. Just into walking it was back. Very, it was just very like uh, feeding a tiger. And then oh I was just going to throw my hand. So I'm not that uh, good. No. But I do do other good but things. But I love to do that. I, I, uh, in the morning, I think I've, I've proven karma a little bit. Uh, in the morning, I walk my dog. Mm-hmm. Brag, I know. <laughs> um, and while I'm walking my dog, my, I don't my know dog bragging about I mean, that, that he has a dog or that he walks it, <laughs> that he can walk and that he can do it with a dog. But if my dog poops, I clean up the dog poop, uh-huh. not the dog, the, the the poop. But then I leave the bag in my hand open. All right, uh-huh. because I'll that? search around. And I'll try to fill the bag with uh, any, if I see a cigarette butt or any garbage or other Other uncleaned dog dog poop. And if I do that, I feel like good things happen that yes, day. Yes, yes. That's really that's good. That's such a good way to turn it around because I'll yes. pick up my dog's poop and I'll be like, what's all these people leaving yeah. all this poop here? And it's like petrified, rock solid. It really yeah. like, take no effort for yeah. me to pick it up. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. do that now. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. And it's nice to just think we can do little things and they uh, they will, pay, you'll get to your podcast on time or <laughs> yeah. other things will happen. But They'll it's also like, little ways. you can do little things because I think we all think, what can I do? There's just no way I can, I mean, am I, I mean, I, and 
like in the world. I'm like, I can't go to Puerto Rico and build houses for people. You know, I can't go like there's no way. But it's like you can do things like that. And then um, also, you know, time is weird. And like, you know, and you can always be, I think. I don't know. I know people have different feelings about this, but I had a father who was crazy about the clock. And if you were five minutes early, you were 30 minutes late. Mm -hmm. I mean, like his thing Mm -hmm. was you had to get. And I just inherently disagree with that. I think, you know, sometimes there are other things that are more important. And I I don't think that, you know, you should always be late all the time or not, you know, take care of other people's time. But, you know, taking time to do something like that, it's like, and then you, the lesson is you made it early. Mm -hmm. But even if you were two to five minutes late, it's like, who cares? You ultimately did a better thing than getting to the show on time. Like I it think is funny. this is just reminding me. When I first moved here, I had an agent. Uh-huh. Brag. Uh huh. Brag. Very brag. <laughs> and I was Larry's it, winning. The whole agency. It was just uh, uh, little people, like mm. kind of circus act kind of people. And you? And then I was like going to be there. Uh, <laughs> The breakout. Uh, the, the, they were going to expand, and I was going to be their, <laughs> their non-little person client. You're the flagship. And, the, <laughs> and the, his thing was, and he had it written, uh, like, at his desk, uh, like, you know, way to, ways to, to book the job. And he insisted that you, you always get to your audition 10 minutes early. And that, that he just insisted on it. And he would always call for feedback. Mm. Oh my god! And it was like weird. It was so that was his thing. Like you got to get there early, and you and it was never so get weird. you never get points for getting there early. No, you no know, one it's cares. like nobody cares. I mean, if you're, you know, more than thirty minutes late, it, it might be an issue. But nobody cares if you're even ten minutes late. Right. Who cares? Like well, it's like yeah. we also know we live in LA where traffic is so unpredictable, and it it can take you, God knows how <laughs> but long. It was so but weird. also, that was what a weird. Thing. It's also it just it, that feels like. I, I, you know, you look at that now and be like, this person doesn't know the business mm-hmm. at all. Like, you, you must get there ten minutes early. Uh, sign in with good penmanship, yeah. <laughs> and you know, just but these. Did it you know, have to do with his clientele? Like, is there oh, something maybe. that they had to like let the room exhale because there's oh, maybe carnival people in the house or oh god, oh, well, I don't know, maybe. No, I know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, but, I but maybe know. it would take them longer to <laughs> get. <laughs> <laughs> we added right? this part out. But don't they know? But don't Maybe they know true. in we life? Like they, yeah. That's just part of. I mean, that's their. That's the reality that they would have to. Um, but I, I don't know. But also, how did you get this agent, and how did they find I, you? I, I would do um, uh, backstage west. Remember yes, backstage west? Yes. Sure. And in the back of it, um, you could see like who was uh, seeking, like what agencies were seeking yes. clients. Yes. And I would just, that was my thing. Like you I think every month ICM I would do, yeah, I would do podcast. mass mailings uh-huh. when I first moved here. And like, and I remember um, I, have a, a, I have a cousin who, who I think she used to act. I don't know what she's doing now, <laughs> but uh, she would be like, you need to stand out. That was what she said. Like, because they're getting billions uh-huh, of, uh-huh. of submissions <laughs> every month. So you need to stand out. And it's like, so I would start doing like colored envelopes and like oh, yeah, 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 all these yeah, yeah, things yeah, that yeah. if I saw them, I'd be like, well, this person's crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to know what they're 
Um, I, I love that. I remember I would do, I did the exact same thing, and I would sit, I would just submit for everything. Oh yeah. I mean, things that would be no way I could ever get, and I would get backstage west. I would get it every week. Yeah. And I would send out between thirty and forty headshots a week, mm-hmm. and they were and they were black and white, and they were mm-hmm. so much money that I did not have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was working at Pottery Barn, and I was like sending and you know all these just this, you know, and I was. I remember the first agent that the only agent that called me to sign me because I had no professional credits, no LA stage credits at all, anything when I first moved out here. Um, they were in Sherman Oaks, and the the deal was I could intern for them one day a week, basically go in and work for free, and they would rep me. And I was like, what a great deal! I'll learn about the business, mm-hmm. and I did learn a lot about the most disgusting mm-hmm. underbelly. And they had a lot of like. Um, softcore uh, Cinemax actors. They had a lot of like the cast of Leave It to Beaver. That was like people you're like, oh, that person, you know, um, Ken Osmond, you know, who was, you know, um, what's his name? Um, Eddie Haskell on Leave It, to, Leave It to Beaver. Great. Or um, sorry if he's listening or still alive, <laughs> apologize. But it's like, you know, it was just the weirdest ragtag collection of people. And they were the meanest mm. agents. They were so rude. I would go in there every day. They wouldn't speak to me. They would just, just bark orders. And I had to, you know, pull headshots and there were some of the craziest headshots that people had and they wanted everyone to have like eight different looks and it was like some of the people had like the same expression but just different sweaters Mm -hmm. on and they were like two different and they were black and white back then in 99 when I moved out here and it was like so you really couldn't tell like they were just like why do we need all these things I did that thing where you had to do like a bunch of different looks but it was either get like eight different looks or get your hair and makeup professionally done so I was like I gotta get the eight looks but then the pictures are just (laughs) fucking I look like a monster like it's just it was completely worthless Uh uh-huh yeah, just burning through cash. Yep, yep. But you're just like plugging away, and then yeah. one of these days, and I mean, I would audition in people's apartments, like in their oh. in their bedrooms. There was one time I was in this guy's bedroom, uh, <laughs> and it was like for some school shooting uh, drama. It was like this Columbine kind of thing, and I remember having to act like. My friends were dead, and I'm in his in his bedroom, so acting this out. He has a little camcorder in the bedroom. I mean, like it's so shady. The things that you would do, and just be like, it's an opportunity, totally, it's a yeah. job. Or I would go and wait in these long, like you know. Um, and I have, I mean, I feel like in the last, I don't know, couple years, I have thumbed through a, a backstage, and they're very different now. They don't have nearly as many opportunities and I, I think now I think because of you know online stuff there's just so many more like LA cast there there's just different uh-huh. yeah. ways that, that people kind of go about it but it used to well, be the thing you would do people now generate their own material and put it on YouTube and, and it's like, so much better it's so be. much better yeah and it's just like you know and yeah and that was just the thing where it, it was so I don't know what I would do without the internet like there's just professionally there was just no way you you just hope somebody saw you on stage somewhere you know, otherwise you're like you're just kind of waiting until something happens. Mm-hmm. It's just so futile. But you know, yeah. here we are. Here we are, here living we are, our guys. dreams. I feel bad that I threw Steve Little under the bus. Oh, I, I love it. <laughs> but we love, but we love Steve Little. And, and we all, everybody, we all had our certain. You have to do something at the Groundlings to like keep yourself, you know, occupied and Absolutely. feel like you have control. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, you'll explode. Exactly. So many wigs. And uh, so many wigs. <laughs> so many wigs. So many wigs. And. Um, and he's a delightful friend of ours. Oh, it'd it'd be best. different if it was like, oh, this person that no one That's notoriously enjoys whatsoever. a shithead. Right. No, he's <laughs> right. the living best. Um, yeah. 
Well, we are uh, we're out of time, you guys. Who won? Like what we did. Oh, you know what? It's a tie. Bullshit. A tie. You both lost. I'm so sorry. I win. It, that's the t- that's the weird part. It's um, weird because you said like you don't want to be competitive. You don't want to. Yeah, wanna... but I, and I'm not. You know, no. I just always win. So that's just kind of how it works. You know, what I mean, I realize the numbers that that's... don't lie. I don't yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sorry. This is the score. I've been keeping score. I've been very fair. Look, you we were both up, both down. Uh, I wasn't even in play, and now I'm winning. Um... But um, thank you guys so much for coming on and doing Thanks this. Thanks for having me. Thank yes. you. Um, I, I didn't f- know whether to say me or us. So I Thanks, just for Thanks for having us. me. And then I just stopped talking. <laughs> I have this terrible thing lately where I combine words. Like, I'll uh, you're like, and I, you know. We're actively dying. You don't have time to say two separate I words. I know. I'm We've, just like, I'm like, what is, I've, I break down, like, there's words that I've never gotten wrong before. The other day I was on stage and I am supposed to say, look. Or listen, either would be fine. And I go, Luss. <laughs> and I'm like, Luss. And I was like, look and listen. Well, that makes sense. Your brain was just like, these two things together. Therefore, you Choose know, one of these. To, nope, both. Nope, you'll get both. They're both coming up now. Luss. Uh, anyway, um, I want to thank my guests, Margie McGee and Larry Dorff, for being on the show. Yay. Yay. This has been another episode of Drew Drogi's Minor Revelations. Thank you for listening and have a week. 